We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Minu Tampi, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Equipus Dunedin, the 5 p.m. service. Amen. And I'm not going to give you the hot and spicy greeting. A bit milder greeting because it's evening. Got to be careful not to spice up people too much. Amen. <laughs> and uh, it's great. We really enjoyed our time here this morning and uh, um, enjoying our time here in New Zealand. And as Pastor Will said, it's first time that Dina here is here in uh, New Zealand. And we are also really looking forward to Shout next week, and it's going to be great. And I'm sure there are going to be so many familiar faces from Dunedin, over 100 people going from here. That's awesome. That's great. Fantastic. I also want to thank you all for um, giving us the opportunity and the honor for coming and being here to serve you and to share our heart with you. And I really appreciate Pastor Will and Desiree, their heart, their vision for the city and uh, their friendship and their generosity. The hospitality here is just amazing. Thank you guys so much for having us here and, uh, you know, looking after us. It's really great. And, uh, well, uh, we live in Calcutta, the northeastern part of India. And uh, we are actually from the southern tip of India, uh, a state called Kerala. And they call Kerala God's own country. And there is a reason, you know. There are true reasons why it is. It is God's own country. It's a beautiful place. And uh, about 10 years ago, we moved to Calcutta. And uh, that's where we are like missionaries in our own nation. As you know, India has many different languages. You know, every state, pretty much most states you go, we have a, you know, predominantly a different language. There's over 1,500 dialects, you know, in our nation. And, but predominantly 19 major languages. So we are actually like missionaries in our own nation. You know, going, we went to a place where we couldn't speak the language and, you know, the culture was different. But we're really loving it. God is doing amazing things there. And, but it's very different to New Zealand. You know, there's a lot of people there. Uh, 1.3 billion, I think, is the population of our nation. So one in six, one in seven people in the world is an Indian. So, yeah. <laughs> so somebody came to India and they asked, hey, what's the biggest production in India? And the guy said, people. People. It's just, we just produce people. It's just people everywhere. <laughs> and so you just see a lot of people there. And so when I came first to New Zealand, I was like, where's all the people? Where's all the people? Man, there's no people here. You know, so back home, when you drive on the road, there are people on either side and people everywhere. And uh, I would say Calcutta would probably be um, size-wise similar to Auckland, maybe a bit smaller, but it's got about 20 million people. So you can imagine how densely populated that place is. So it's good to come out here and, you know, initially when I used to come out, I used to, you know, feel a bit, you know, it, 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 it used to freak me out a bit. Wow, there's no people out it's because, when you, because you don't get places where you don't, you know, have people. When you come to a place where there's no people, you almost feel afraid. <laughs> this is a dangerous place. There's nobody here. And when I said that to my friend in Australia, he said, oh, no, it's a safe place because there's nobody here. <laughs> so it's very different. So 
we invite all of you to come to calcutta have an experience you know come and feel the heat feel the people feel the smell <laughs> so we are really excited to be here and we are really thankful to god for the amazing relationship god has given us with uh, the equipers family at large and it's really enriched our lives and made our you know it's a great blessing to us as a, a, a as a couple as a when we are in ministry and also to our organization pastor bruce many of you might know him um he comes to india on a regular basis and he's really helped our movement as well to transition so we're really grateful for our connection and our relationship with equipers which is amazing hey man fantastic so we're going to have a great time tonight and i'm really excited about you know what i'm going to share tonight because it's just part of my journey what i want to share with you but i want to start off by reading a couple of verses from the bible for a few of you i don't know how many of you were here this morning i was basically sharing about some of the journey that our family had to go through and uh, which was also part of my life which is you know what i've been used to uh, what i had inherited and which has also shaped me as an individual you know where i am today has been shaped by my upbringing uh, to a, to a, to a large extent which i'm really grateful to god for but i also want to share a little bit about my our journey as well you know how god has led us in the last 10 15 years amen yeah. amen let's turn our bibles to um luke chapter 1 luke chapter 1 verse 38 this verse is the, at the end of a story the story where the angel comes and speaks to mary the virgin mary and uh, it's an amazing story uh, how the angel speaks to a teenage girl something really amazing something she can't really comprehend but her response is really amazing it really captivated me after the angel announced that she's going to conceive and uh, even before she's married she's going to have a child this is what she said after counting all the consequences you know then mary said behold the maid servant of the lord let it be let it be to me according to your word amen basically what she said hey i'm at your service you know let it happen to me as you wish and i think it's an amazing statement of faith and it's a great statement of surrender to god and uh, you know i'll come back to the next verse matthew chapter 10 verse 39 and this is also a place where jesus is actually talking about discipleship about people who wants to follow him you know he requires a commitment from them at the end of that in verse 39 he says he who finds his life will lose it and he who loses his life for my sake will find it amen and i know that there is so much in those verses but these are couple of verses that last about 2 years ago god really began to speak to me and which actually took me through a journey and i'm glad i came out of the other end you know as a better person and i just want to share that journey also with you and i know that you know when you look at the life of mary you see this is amazing story of a girl who has an encounter with god and all of a sudden her life is going to be changed forever and uh, makes this amazing announcement but it's also a scary announcement you know in a culture where women are protected and you know women have to be very safe and secure and their reputation really matters so the angel comes and says you're going to conceive and have a child 
And, uh, you know, think about all the things that could happen to her if she conceives before she is actually married. She could be kicked out of her house. She, her reputation could be gone forever. Nobody would marry her. And, you know, all those things could happen. But, you know, she never really goes to that. And she just submits herself to God and says, I'm your maid servant. You know, I'm at your service. Let it happen to me. And I think that's a very strong statement by a very young girl, you know, who just completely surrenders her life to God and to God's service. You know, she might have her own dream about her life and what life is going to be about and how marriage is supposed to be and what honeymoon is supposed to be and all those things, it just could come to a crashing stop if she would just surrender to God. And, but Mary makes that choice and she tells the angel, I'm your servant, I'm your maid servant. She tells God, basically, I'm at your service. My life is yours. You just do it the way you want to. Just have it the way you want to do it. Amen? And, you know, in the same chapter, you actually see another person called Zacharias. He was actually a priest. And they didn't have children. And he is in his older age now. And he goes into the temple of the Lord. And there, in the holy place, in the most holy place, you know, nobody, none of the priests really, want to see an angel there because, you know, even the priest, high priest goes into the most holy place. Only once in a year they're allowed to go there and when they go, they actually have to tie a rope or a chain around their ankle so that if there is any sin in their life, the angel of the Lord will strike them dead and then somebody has to pull them out. So imagine Zacharias going into the most holy place, you know, and there he sees the angel and he thinks, this is it. I'm done. Somebody's going to pull me out. You know, and but the angel actually begins to talk to him and tell him that, you know, your wife is going to conceive and she's going to, you're going to have a child. And then he doubts God. You know, he says, I'm too old, too old. You know, how is it going to happen? And then, you know, the angel says, now you're not going to be able to speak until the child is born. And he actually comes out mute. So here I actually see a person who says, I'm too old. And same chapter, you see another girl who thinks she's too young. Amen? But God wants to use both of them. Amen? It doesn't matter whether we are too old. It doesn't matter whether we are too young. If we just completely surrender our life to God, God can do amazing things through our life. When you actually look at what God tells her, it's just beyond what Mary can imagine. Like the child that she's going to have is just... He's, going to be the son of God is, you know, is going to have the throne of David. All these amazing promises that she gets from God. And all that she's required to do at the end is just to say yes to God. Isn't that amazing? That God actually in his grace comes and chooses us. Amen. And he chooses us and his grace is upon our life. And he gives us this amazing privilege, you know, to have this journey with God. And all that we got to say is, yes, God. Yes, Amen. And it's a pretty much the same thing what Jesus says when he talks about commitment. He says, you know, if you find, if you try to find your own life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, finding and losing, you know. It's the kingdom of God is always upside down or probably the right side up. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's, it's different. It's just the opposite of what we are actually used to. You know, if you want to find life, you save up. If you want to find life, you hold on to it. If you want to find life, you know, you, you accumulate. Amen? That's what we usually do. But Jesus said, if you want to find life, 
lose it for my sake. Amen. And you will find life. If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. And, uh, you know, um, after I came back from Bible college, you know, I was in ministry and I was, got into full-time ministry. I was actually in charge of the youth movement of our whole movement, of our whole organization. So it was actually a fairly uh, mediocre or almost, almost a rundown type of youth movement. So God put a great team around and we were able to revive that and it was going great. And, you know, in about five, six years time, it became one of the best youth movements in our state and it was doing really great. You know, and we were doing about 32 youth camps a year, you know, in all different regions. So I was basically overseeing that whole thing. And my dad and mom, they had done all the hard yards. And by that time, you know, God has given us a nice place and, a, you know, four acre campus where our house was. And, uh, you know, a lot of churches in that area. So a lot of familiar people. God had blessed my dad and mom. So things were very comfortable for me and, you know, I was in charge of the youth and my brother had moved to Mumbai and my sisters had also moved out of there and I was the only one. So my parents were also probably thinking, okay, now he's the youngest, he's going to stay here and help us and, you know, maybe take over from us and all those things were going on. Even in my mind, I was really thinking what's going to happen, you know. But that was a time when God placed a desire in our hearts to move out of that place and go to Calcutta. And uh, Calcutta is about 3,000 kilometers from Kerala, where we were. And we didn't have anything going there. I didn't have any friends. Uh, we didn't know anybody there. We didn't know the language. So to go there, it means that you got to start from the scratch again, all over. So that was a step of faith that God allowed us to take. And, you know, this verse actually means a lot. I mean, it's almost like losing your life, losing the opportunities that we had, all the connections, everything that we had built up. Till then, we had to go to an unknown place and to a place that nobody knows us and we also don't know anybody and we had to start from the scratch and there was a lot of, you know, uh, uh, thoughts in our mind, a lot of uncertainties, how things are going to be and, you know, things were not sure for us. Things We just had to completely trust God and uh, none of our leaders in our movement wanted us to do that. They were all trying to convince us to stay back. Even my mom, my dad never said anything but my mom always would come and say, do you really have to do this? Do you have to, you know, as a mom, she would always come and talk to me. But in 2007, me and Dina and our eldest daughter was about 11 months old. We went to Calcutta. And all the things that you hear about Calcutta at that stage were not good. You know, uh, the communists were in power, a uh, lot of crime, a uh, lot of bad stuff, even a lot of sickness, disease, all these things happen in that city. So to go there, it was kind of um, not very certain for us. You know, you know, hard it was, it wasn't settling. Anyway, it was by God's grace that we were able to make that move. And the first few years of us being in Calcutta was obviously, you know, when you're starting something, it's not easy. So it's always tough. But now when we turn back, you know, it's probably one of the best moves that we've ever done. And it's almost like giving your life completely over to God and uh, allowing Him to do. So when I was back home, there was the comfort of what my dad and mom had already established. So we could stay there and enjoy those comforts, you know, and all the relationships that they had established and everything that they had built. But when we moved over, we had to start all over again. And even financially, you know, my dad is a person who firmly believes in living by faith because he had done all the hard yards. So, you know, even in the movement, that is a rule. So when we went there, we only had our rent. You know, we didn't have any of our finances covered. And we had to trust God for everything. 
you know and so because god had placed a vision in our hearts when we moved there so we had to travel you know we had to do a lot of things so god taught us faith like that you know initially i used to travel by train all the time you know but then god really challenged me in different areas of my life where things began to happen step by step things began to move and then in the last 10 years god had enabled us to plant close to 100 churches in that region in you know, not just in calcutta region but also in the state of bihar and sikkim also in the nations of nepal and burma and god is opening new doors in bangladesh and also set up different ministries and projects within the city and today when we turn back there are 38 full time staff working with us in calcutta and close to 100 people all together working with us in that region and i was thinking if i would have stayed in kerala you know if i would find my life and stay in kerala none of these things would have ever happened and it's such an amazing thing that in god that when you actually take a step of faith and move forward how god divinely orchestrates things for us and so many times we think that you know the 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 the, the answers to prayers that we have is the place where god has for us i always think about the story of esther you know esther is an amazing story you know it's a young girl an orphan girl you know she gets this amazing opportunity to come to the palace and she comes to the palace and she becomes the queen and what are the odds you know think about it you know she ends up as in the palace as the queen and then she believes this is it i've achieved it you know what else can i do i've become the queen of this amazing empire but then i believe god's purpose for her was not just to become the queen amen the position is not the purpose amen the purpose can come through the position amen but the position is not the purpose becoming the queen is not the purpose for a lot of people attaining the highest position is the purpose they feel if i get there this is it god you know this is what i want and i got it and that's their testimony how I mean that's a great testimony to have but you know in a time when god really needed esther to move she needed a person called mordecai to come along amen mordecai had to come along esther and tell her esther you got to realize that you are here for such a time as this this is the moment amen god has those things for us god gets us into places god gets us into positions god gets us into jobs god gets us into universities god gets us into cities it's just not for our position it's for a purpose there is a godly timing coming amen and we need the holy spirit you know mordecai is a picture of the holy spirit amen and if we allow the holy spirit he will come alongside us amen and he will tell us he will and we got to open we got to be open to the holy spirit and it's at that time it was not an easy decision for her too you know esther she heard it and i believe it would have really rocked her world and all the things that she would have thought about man you know look at this position the jews might die but i am safe here i am safe in this palace nothing can happen to me you know i am the king's favorite but you know she had to make a choice and she made the right choice in god she she chose to throw her life into the hands of god she chose to throw her life into an uncertain area amen an area where she would not even know whether she would be alive 3 days later you know she she just said this i want you guys to pray i will also pray and fast and i'm going to go and see the king in those days we know that is even the queen had to take an appointment to go and see the king amen and so if the king is not pleased with her if he doesn't lift up his scepter for her favorably she could die 
And that's why she, it was such a risky thing. So that's why she said, if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. But I'm going to go. Amen. See, that's the moment I believe Esther understood her purpose in life. Amen. And I believe it's the moment when we understand our purpose that we are able to give our life for him. Amen. That we need to know that there is a greater purpose in God. My life is not just for me. My life is not just for my family. It's not just for me to enjoy my comforts. It's for a greater purpose God has called me. Amen. It's the moment you understand that everything else becomes secondary and his kingdom becomes number one in our life. You know, the story of Jim Elliot, an amazing missionary called Jim Elliot, and him and four others, five missionary young couples went to Ecuador. You might have heard this story. And, uh, you know, they went to reach the Oka Indians, not the Indian Indians, but the Indian people who were living in Ecuador in the jungles. They were the only unreached Indian people there, and uh, they were very vicious, um, you know, murderers. So anyway, at the age of 32, I think all the five missionaries actually died. They went to reach these people, and uh, all of them were killed by those people. They speared them, and they killed them. And Jim Elliot was only 32. And all these guys, they were professionals. They were engineers, doctors. You know, one of them was a pilot. Uh, and the young families were actually in the base camp. You know, they were there for about two or three years. So none of, only a day later, they came to know that their husbands, all of them died at the same time. So before he died, in his journal, he had penned down these words. Jim Elliot said this, He is no fool who gives away what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I'll say that again. He is no fool who gives away what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Amen? And I think that's what happens when you understand our purpose in our life. It's that purpose that actually gets us. Amen? We actually live through life. Not really knowing what God has called us for. Why am I on this earth? But the moment we understand why God has called us or why we are on this earth, we are actually able to give out our life. I mean, that was the same case with us. It's the moment where we understood that we are actually called for the unreached people of our nation. You know, there's 1.3 billion people in India. Over uh, 600,000 villages in our nation. And over 350,000 of those villages are unreached. And the northern part where we are actually now in Calcutta, that's one of the largest unreached areas in the world. People have never heard the gospel even for one time in their life. In that whole region, if you take northern part of India, Bangladesh, Nepal, uh, and Burma, you got 1.2 billion people just in that region. You know, the northern part of India and the, those nations. And the percentage of Christianity is 0.2 percentage. So such a needy area. So that is what actually enabled us to leave our place. We said, we don't want to be in Kerala anymore. My, our parents have done all that. You know, a lot of people are rich. They've all heard the gospel at least once. We want to go to this place where people have never heard the gospel. And that's our heart. And that's the only reason why we went there. We, you know, Calcutta is not a place that you naturally choose to go and live in. <laughs> it's not a place that you naturally want to go and raise a family. You know, it's a place. The only reason we went is for the people there. It's so that we can reach out to the people. And that's the cry of our heart. See, once you understand purpose, when you have purpose, you are driven by purpose. Amen? Everything else becomes secondary. And when you obey the call to obey God, it's divine doors that God opens in our life. You know, we have, you know, every month, we just have been living under divine provision. Everything in our life, God just has provided for us. From the moment we landed, like I said, we only had the rent covered. You know, 
I had to travel God has provided all our all the last 10 years he has divinely provided all our travel expenses none of that come from our organization it just divinely God just provides amen all the five projects that we run God has brought people to India to support those projects amen I didn't really have to go anywhere to raise any funds when we were actually going to start our children's home you know there was so many need and uh, we just couldn't close our eyes to that God sent a person and he came to us. He stayed with us, a young guy, 18-year-old. He went back and his dad calls me and he said, Oh, Binu, my son came and visited India and he came to Calcutta. We would, uh, if you're considering starting a children's home, we would love to support that. That was the time when we were, for about six months, we were praying about starting a home. And provision just came. Amen. We are feeding about 150 street children every day. We got a bus uh, a second-hand school bus converted that into a classroom and we go to three different places we get the kids in there teach them we also take food uh, we have got a kitchen where we actually cook food and take and we minister to all their families the children on a daily basis amen we've got a freedom center where we actually empower young people there are so many there are over 5,000 slums in Calcutta and you can imagine in each of these slums there are hundreds and hundreds of young people and all these young kids never been to school. You know, always a lot of temptations and a lot of them get into crime and drugs and all kinds of stuff. So what do we do? So we just started something. So when you start something, you just start by faith. And then soon another person comes and gets behind you and God miraculously opens a door. And that is provided for. Amen. So you just step into it and the door is opened and provision is there. Amen. So we started a training program to train people because we wanted to reach the unreached areas. There was no money. You know, nothing was there. So we just rented an apartment with what we had in our hands. Within a year, it took about a year. It was a big stretch. But within one year, provision came for that. Amen. So everything that you do in a step of obedience and step of faith, God miraculously comes and fills in the gaps. Amen. So that's what happens when you actually give your life over to God. Amen. But in the middle of all this, you know, like I said in the morning, it's a still a process. Amen. We're all learning. We're all growing in God. And, you know, about two years ago, I came to this phase where I was thinking, oh, I've been serving God, giving my everything to God for about eight years and, uh, you know, great things are happening, but I've got a family to look after. And uh, all those thoughts began to come to my mind. What have I got? I don't have a house. I don't have a car of my own. I don't have anything of my own. Everything that we have, we are just pouring everything into the kingdom. And you know how the devil works? When you have those kind of thoughts, if you linger there long enough, he will get you. Amen? And he got me. And the next couple of months was really, really crucial for me. It was uh, really tough. I came to a place where I felt I shouldn't be doing ministry anymore. I should just let go of this and give it to somebody else, the other guy who was, you know, who's helping us. And then we will move away from here. And it's amazing in three, three months time, how much shift there can be in our life. And I came and talked to Dina and she knew it wasn't me talking. <laughs> And, but I was trying to convince her, you know, no, look at this. How is it going to go in five years' time? Where are, we go, where are we going to be at? And all those, it's basically the worries of this world. You know, all the cares of this world began to take root in my life. And I'm just sharing very openly with you what I went through. And I probably, you know, 
lot of us probably go through this phase and uh, you know i almost decided it was uh, september by december we're going to quit and we're going to move out of calcutta maybe we may come back later but for the time being we're going to start something else and it was those times god began to speak to me through the scriptures amen if you find your life you will lose it if you lose your life for my sake you will find it and that really began to speak to me and then it reminded me i was 38 then and uh, reminded me of the time when i committed my life to serve god i was 19 and i remember it was a youth camp and uh, you know there was a mission challenge by a pastor by a preacher and i remember coming forward you know really felt god calling me uh, for ministry and stepping out and coming to the front and raising my hands and i was in tears and i remember the words that i you know said in prayer that day I said lord my life is yours i don't want anything in this world wherever you want me to go i will go whatever you want me to say i will say you know those were the very words in my you know, that i said and then 19 years later here i was in this phase asking god what have i got and god reminded me of that prayer that i prayed 19 years ago and uh, i remember tears coming down my eyes kneeling down in our lounge room and saying that very same prayer again i said god i don't want anything in this world you know i just want to be that 19 year old person passionate for you just willing to go wherever you know doing whatever you want to do lord i is because when i turned back god had met all my needs you know she he gave me a beautiful wife he gave me three children he's given me amazing place to live in good cars to ride in parents given me amazing opportunities like to travel like this amazing friends all around the world but then in the middle of all that i was still looking at myself it's just about me it's just that me getting me back you know and to trying to put me in that place where i was worried about myself but god was telling me son don't worry about your life i've got you covered amen i've got you covered and that was the time when i really resurrendered my life to god and said you know that really redefined me again you know which made it very clear to me i don't want to be doing anything else this is the only thing i want to do in my life and since then our life has been different again it's just godly provision on another level amen it's just you know godly provision on a totally different level where we are living now i know that i'm in the hands of god wherever we are you know we are in the will of god and that's all it matters so if you give your life to god you will actually find life you know a much bigger life like mary like in her wildest imaginations she could never have had the life that god had planned for her only if she would surrender to him amen if she would have said no well you never know what would have happened amen but she surrendered amen esther she became the queen but then she looked at the position and said no i'm not going to hang into this position i'm going to follow god's purpose amen if being the queen if it stops tomorrow i don't care i just want to follow god amen and she went and saw the king and then what what happened she found life amen she found a greater opportunity she found greater favor a greater door was open for her life you know so many of us are afraid to take that step because we don't know what will happen 
We are so afraid if I take this step, how am I going to survive? What is going to happen to me? But we got to take that step. Amen. To see godly provision in our life, to see godly breakthrough in our life, we got to cross that line and take that step and that's when the breakthrough happens in our life. Amen. Amen. And I know that, see, all of us are, you know, Christians are supposed to be powerful people. Amen. My dad always says, we are sleeping giants. We need to be woken up. Because sometimes we don't realize the power that we have. You know, I come from a land of elephants. <laughs> India has a lot of elephants. Kerala has a lot of elephants. And you actually know that elephant actually does not really know its power. If it would know its power, it wouldn't just be obeying this tiny little man sitting on top of him with a little stick guiding him where he needs to go. He doesn't know because even as a little elephant, that's what they do. They take the elephants when they're little and they actually condition their mind. They actually put very strong chains on its legs. So it tries to move, it can't. So over a period of time, it just develops this mentality that I can't break away. It's just too strong. So what happens as it grows up, the chains become lighter, but the elephant doesn't even try to move. It thinks it can't move. So that's what happens. Many times in our life, we just got to break that mentality. Amen. Because we got to know who we really are. We got the whole of heaven behind us. We got the Holy Spirit inside of us. We got the angels around us. We are filled with the promises of God. You know, great destiny in front of us. If we just see that. Amen. That's what Paul prays. He said, I just pray that the eyes of your heart will be open to see what God has for us. If only we can see what God has for us. Amen. It's not just, it's not that it's not there. It's already there. All your provision is already there. Your protection is already there. It's there for you. Amen. It's already there. Amen. We just got to see it. That was Elisha's prayer. You know the story where Elisha was surrounded by the Aramean army? And his servant Gehazi went out. He saw the army. He freaked out. Came back. He said, we are finished. Master, the army has surrounded us. But what does Elisha say? God opened his eyes. So God opened his eyes. And he actually saw what God had already made. The provision God had all. He saw the angels of God. All much powerful, stronger. Amen. So what does that mean? The provision was already there. He just couldn't see it. Amen. And we, I believe we are all powerful people. When you look at the Old Testament, uh, David had mighty men with him. All of them mighty, mighty men. Amen. We are all mighty in God. Amen. Each one more capable than a thousand. Amen. Thousand put together, we are more capable. That's God's, that's, I believe that's God's intention. Amen. Doesn't matter whether you're a minority. Doesn't matter what you have. What Doesn't matter what your past is. But in God, you are mighty. All that we need to do is to see what God has for us. Amen. And that will enable us to move forward in our life. And that's, that is what will enable us to cross that line. And tell God, yes Lord, I'm available for you. I'll do this. Amen. And that's when our life will go to another level. Amen. God can make our lives significant. He can make our life extraordinary. He can make our lives really, really powerful. Amen. Amen. So I just want to encourage you today, you know, as we are closing up, that if you have not fully given your life completely surrendered to God, I want you to take that step forward. You know, morning also I spoke in a similar, uh, on a similar note. Just take that step. Amen. We only have one life to live. Just think about that. Only one life to live. Just one life. Live it completely for God. Amen. Just give you, just go all out. Amen. Just 
you know, immerse yourself completely into Him. Just give yourself, don't hold back. You know, a lot of times what we do is I feel like we serve God holding back 60%. We only put in a 40%, you know, or a 50%. But we hold back. But put in a 100%. Just see what is going to happen. Amen. There's only one life. There was this amazing missionary in India called Sundar Singh. Sadhu Sundar Singh. He was a, like a, he dressed like a Hindu holy man. Amazing man of God. If you get to read his book or watch his movie, you know, please do that. So he was persecuted for the Lord a lot. He used to walk barefoot over the Himalayas into Tibet and to preach the gospel. So he was persecuted a lot. So somebody asked him, hey, why do you serve God like this? You know, why do you have to do this? And Sundar Singh said, this was his answer, he said, I only have one life to carry the cross of Jesus. Only one life. When I leave this world, I can never come back to do this again. Guys, imagine all the Old Testament heroes and the New Testament heroes, they've all run, ran their race, they've all gone back. They're not, this is your chance. Amen. You're running this race. You're living for God. This is your generation. This is your time. This is my time. Let's do something for God. Amen. Let's live all out for God. Let's be passionate for God. You know, when you are in Dunedin, people don't have to perish. Amen. In this city. When you are here, families don't have to be broken. When you are here, people don't have to go hungry. Amen. Because you are here. God has placed you here for a reason. Amen. Mary prayed, Behold, I'm your maidservant. Let it be as you wish. And I pray that that will be our prayer. Amen. Today and in our life. Let's just take that step of surrender. Hallelujah. I'll just pray and I will hand it over to Pastor Will. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just want to thank you for who you are to us, Lord God. Thank you for everything that you have done for us. Thank you for the amazing opportunities and the privileges that we have, Lord, in being your children, in following you, Lord God. Thank you for all the provisions you have for us. Thank you for all the promises that you have for us. Thank you for loving us so much that you gave your only son for us. And along with him, you gave us everything, Lord God. You gave us everything. You didn't hold back. You gave us everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.